Hello, and welcome to another episode of At Any Rate. I'm your host, Natasha Kanova, and I head JP Morgan Global Commodities Research. Today, we would like to discuss Russia's oil production. Exactly a year ago, a branch of the Russian Energy Ministry that releases monthly oil statistics has indefinitely stopped the distribution of Russia's monthly crude oil production, as well as data on some of the exports. Um, But even prior to the data blackout, there were discrepancies in Russian production figures among the oil data watchers. So this was mostly due to the conversion factor used to translate metric tons in which the Russian uh, ministry is reporting its production into barrels and especially into barrels per day. But today, the lack of transparent, uh, timely official data from one of the world's largest top oil producers makes it even more challenging to monitor global supply and analyze markets, especially today at the time when the strength of demand is being tested. Um, So luckily, the industry participants have more than one way of extrapolating the production numbers, uh, including, for example, by tracking seaborne and pipeline exports, refinery runs and changes in inventories. Uh, But uh, the lack of transparency of Russia's refining system uh, and storage facilities opens these production statistics to interpretation and speculation. So in our numbers and in our forecasts, we draw on a variety of sources and estimate Russian oil output by assuming that production equals the sum of total exports and refinery runs, which in turn are calculated by adding product exports and domestic demand. Um, so moving into the numbers, uh, the last big fall in Russian oil output was in April 2022, uh, following the introduction of Western sanctions on Russian uh, crude uh, industry, unable to find enough buyers for its diesel, gasoline and other oil products, uh, Russia started running out of storage, prompting refiners to cut operating rates. Uh, for example, about one and a half million barrels per day in refinery production were offline during that month, and that's about 0.8 million barrels per day, more than typical levels of shutdown during the spring maintenance season. And difficulties in the refining industry uh, affected Russia's ability to produce crude, and output of crude and condensate uh, fell to 10 million barrels per day last April. That was down almost 0.9 million barrels per day month over month, and almost 0.5 million barrels per day year over year. So since then, Russia has managed to set up logistic chains for its oil sales, mostly rerouting volumes away from uh, from from Europe to Asia. Uh, Russia's oil output last year uh, defied all predictions of decline. As you remember, our podcasts, uh, that was one of our views that uh, Russian production actually will, will normalize and the impact on production will be minimal. But overall, actually, last year production for the year overall uh, increased by 2% um, thanks to a jump in sales to Asia, especially to India and China. Russia's oil production, total oil production, that's crude and condensate, um, in January of this year remained at the level of November and December of last year when it averaged at about 10.8, 10.9 million barrels per day. Um, so, however, on February 10th, Russia announced it would uh, voluntarily cut its oil production by about uh, 0.5 million barrels per day starting in March, uh, a production cut that was later extended until the end of June in a bid to reduce discounts on Russian oil. Um, a subsequent adjustment was made on April 2nd uh, when Russia committed to prolong this 0.5 million barrels per day voluntary reduction until the end of 2023 uh, from the average production level in February. 
Um, so the February level is uh, is pretty well known of production. So this available information pegs Russia's February aggregate production. And again, we need to be very careful what we mean by that. That's crude and condensate. Um, so we, we peg it at about 11.05 million barrels per day. And so this level is essentially back to the level of February 2022 production when sanctions were not yet imposed on the Russian oil industry. Um, to break that down, that includes about 9.9 million barrels per day of crude and 1.16 million barrels per day of condensate. But what everybody has been observing is how strong Russia's oil exports were over the months of March. Uh, just for example, they, they surged by over 0.6 million barrels per day month over month. Uh, raising concerns that production has increased further in March uh, from very high levels in February, despite uh, Russia uh, pledges that they will be cutting production. Uh, but we believe that actually this jump in the exports was due to the volumes that previously were flowing through the Druzhba pipeline now being exported through the ports in the Black and the Baltic Seas. Um, so Russia exports its oil by several outlets. Uh, its total export capacity sits at around 8 million barrels per day of crude and refined oil products. About 2 million barrels per day, a little bit over that, is being exported by pipeline networks to Europe and Asia, and the rest is being shipped by oil tankers at sea. Um, so the country has two of the longest oil pipelines in the world. That's the 1 million barrels per day Druzhba pipeline system that carries oil to the EU and the 0.7 million barrels per day ESPO pipeline that reaches the key consumers in Asia, including China, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, although Druzhba has not been sanctioned at the EU level, uh, it has two branches. One is the northern branch that goes to Germany and Poland, and the southern branch that goes into Slovakia, Czech, and Hungary. So Germany and Poland uh, voluntarily uh, decided to stop uh, purchasing Russian uh, Russian oil. And because of that, uh, this, this volumes that have been flowing through the northern branch to Germany and Poland, they have fallen from about 0.5 million barrels per day prior to the war to only about uh, 0.15 million barrels per day of January of this January. So volumes expected to fall to zero in the first months uh, of, of this year as both countries are in the process to fully seize, uh, so fully seize purchases. So because of that, we're assuming that this uh, 0.5 million barrels per day would have to be rerouted via the seaborne routes. At the same time, flows through the southern branch of the Druzhba pipeline to Slovakia, Czech, and Hungary are expected to continue at a steady about 230 KBD per month rate. So the ESPO pipeline to Asia has been operating at full capacity even before the start of the war. Flows have remained stable. That's what we see in the data. There's a second round to uh, route to mainland China. Uh, that's the, the about 0.4 million barrels per day. Tasso Alan Shaku pipeline through Kazakhstan. Uh, it has been operating at about 50% capacity prior to the war. Our understanding is that actually at the moment it's operating at full 100% uh, capacity. So if we assume that only about 0.2 million barrels per day of Russian crude is currently flowing through the Druzhba pipeline and the pipelines to Asia are at full capacity, that frees about additional 0.6 million barrels per day of crude that needs to be exported via the seaborne routes. Um, so in fact, the origin of the Druzhba's oil is from the Urals fields that serve the Western ports of Primorsk, Usulga, Murmansk, and Novorossiysk in the Baltic and the Black Seas. 
So essentially, reduction in this Dorsbus pipeline exports could be easily compensated by increasing crude oil loadings from these ports, uh, thus lifting Russia's seaborne oil exports almost 600 uh, KBD higher, even if production remains flat. So where do we see production in, uh, in April and in March? Uh, so to estimate Russia's production levels, we track very closely Russian exports, uh, domestic demand, as well as changes in the domestic inventories. Uh, we believe Russian oil demand is almost back to pre-war levels. Uh, and considering the relatively low level of storage capacity, we assume very limited flexibility of supply now when modeling. So aligning Russia's exports and domestic refinery runs, uh, we believe that Russia has likely reduced its aggregate production. Again, this is crude and condensate uh, to 10.8 million barrels per day in March, uh, down about 250 KBD from the February levels. For April so far, and again, we're only 20 days into the, into the, into the month, so it's not a full data, but our calculations suggest that aggregate production has likely declined by another 500 KBD to about 10.3 million barrels per day. Even looking at the export data, we see that uh, April Russian oil exports are tracking almost flat with pre-war levels, but about 300 KBD lower months over months. Even exports of refined products increased only about 70 KBD in April over March levels. We believe that actually the main reason for that is the, this 55-day delay that is built into the EU production sanctions uh, so just as a reminder, according to sanctions, the EU embargo exempts Russian refined products that are bought and loaded prior to February 5th, 2023, and unloaded prior to April 1st uh, of this year. So thank you all to listening to the Commodities Edition of JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. We look forward to continue the conversation next week. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including the important disclosures. 2023, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on April 21st, 2023.